sports talk with a little bit of an edge. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. show where your mom listens and you should too 412-922-2874 is the number to call or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on twitter at underscore adam crowley brian lamartina sitting across from me shirtless tom behind the glass tell your kids tell your wife we're doing radio up in here the last segment was devoted to balls who has them who doesn't mcveigh does Jason Garrett does not. Who knows what Jerry Jones gets his balls into? The Steelers, though, they've proved that they belong in the same category. They've got gusto, testicular fortitude, sack, cojones, family jewels, testicles. At home, they come out swinging this time. They were down 21-0 against the Jags. 21-0 21-0 against the Kansas City Chiefs. 14-0 against Baltimore. This time they come out 13-zip. They took them balls, and they smacked the Falcons in the face. Where have you been? It takes five weeks into the season to be able to show the kind of football team they were supposed to be from the get-go. But they ran the ball. They played great defense. They affected the game on special teams. We've seen this from the Pittsburgh Steelers before over the last couple of seasons. They were 3-2 and two and bounced all the way back to make the playoffs at 13-3. and three. Two years ago, they were 4-5, and five and they bounced back to make the playoffs at 11-5. This year, they've started 1-2-1, one, and, one, and for the first time, when their backs were against the wall, they played like a team that we thought they could beat. All three sides of the ball were excellent. Now, it was close until the late third quarter. But then Ben found A.B. for the touchdown, and I think it juiced the squad. Because did you see the way that Ben celebrated? I just did it, but you can't see me. I bet it felt like the team was finally living up to expectations for the first time all year. And that's because they were. On defense, they sacked Matt Ryan six times. They stopped the run. They took the ball away. On special teams, they blocked a punt. I really feel like they should have let the punter run around a little bit more with the ball, though. That was shaping up to be tremendous television. They were a desperate team yesterday. And it showed. It's the first time in eight games that they've given up less than 24 points at home. They did everything I thought they'd need to do. They started fast. They put up 40-plus points. I thought they'd have to because the defense was going to give up a bunch. It was a complete effort. The next question is, and I ask you, Snowflakes, at 412-922-2874, can they do it consistently? I think we all get bogged down with being prisoners of the moment. Whether it's too high or too low. When a team looks great, we always say, oh, they're back. When a team's bad, we think they can never possibly get up off the mat. You become prisoners of the moment. But the reality is teams are allowed to get better. Coaches, players, schemes, they can all get better. Can this team go on the road and beat Cincy the way that they always do? Can they get to the bye week at 3-2-1 and and get back into a position to win the AFC North? 
I don't know if they can do it consistently, but what I do know is this team ain't going down without a fight. And I was worried that maybe they just expected that they'd be good enough to go through the motions against Atlanta. And they didn't feel that way. They didn't approach it that way. James Conner must be a avid listener of the Crowley Show, even though I bash Pitt all the time. He did what I asked him to do against Atlanta. He put on the big boy pants. Now, again, the theme. Do it consistently. Every single week, UPMC airs that James Conner commercial during the Steelers games. You can't stop him with a linebacker. Not even cancer can stop him. Well, lately, the only thing that hasn't stopped him is cancer. He hadn't been good enough. 303 yards per rush since the Browns game. Well, he got after it early and often on Sunday. 43 rush yards, 29 receiving on the first drive. He scored a touchdown to open that some bitch. You want to talk about setting a tone? You want to talk about letting a team know that they're going to be bruised and beaten over the course of 60 minutes? That's how you do it. The Atlanta defense sucks. Now, it's not all their fault. There are excuses and there are reasons in life. The reasons are that Atlanta has lost four very good players due to injury that weren't playing in this game. Not an excuse, that's the reality, but the Steelers, they ain't going to feel bad for them. They knew they could run, and they did. 131 yards, that's a good day. 29 carries, and guess how many throws for Ben? Tom, guess, go. Like 40. 29 throws for Ben! That is balance! Good work by you playing the show. We've all got that one friend that we can tell everything to, right? Used to be the priest, I'd advise against that. Someone who will listen to our problems. Calm us down when they need to. Tell us to STFU when they need to. Steady us. Be our rock. Mine's my wife. I'm a nut job. She helps me hold it together. She settles me down. She's brakes. I'm the gas pedal. But that's what the running game is to this team. And really always has been. I mentioned it before. Steelers were 4-5 and five two years ago, and they turned it around. Why? They kept running the football. They finished 11-5. and five. Last year, they're 3-2. and two. What did they do to turn it around? They started running the football. When things look turbulent, when you don't have an identity, and everything else seems chaotic, you turn to your best friend. I turn to my wife, the Steelers, they turn to the running game. It's about simplifying things. Is it any coincidence that Brown went over 100 yards receiving when the Steelers ran the ball so damn well? Nope. And guess what? They used play action. They were one of the worst play action teams in the entire league. And now they've run the ball. And they utilized it. A.B. goes over the top of 47 yards. In this league, every team's good. Even the bad ones. They could beat you. Look at the Bills. Every team is capable of pulling out a win. It's the teams that have an identity that win consistently. Now, I think it's probably easy for Feetner to walk into his offensive room, look at that offensive line, look at A.B., look at Juju Smith-Schuster, look at Vance McDonald and Jesse James and James Washington, the second-round pick, and they're in love with Ryan Switzer, and you look at all these weapons, and you think, let's do a little bit of everything. Stop. It's teams that have an identity that win consistently. No need to tinker. Run the ball, do something well, and then branch off of that. If you can run the ball, it opens everything else up. And yes, it's 2018, and teams are chucking it like crazy, but the Chiefs have Michael Hunt, or Michael Hunt, the Chiefs have Hunt, the Rams have Gurley, the Patriots are running... It now with Michelle. They've turned it around by running the ball. The Vikings got Dalvin Cook back, but he hasn't been right, so they've struggled. Running is important. 
Being good at one thing slows everything else down. This is the Steelers' formula for success for the long run. Pittsburgh ran it for nine first downs. They were 9-12 on third downs. Manageable down and distance. It ain't that hard to figure out how they could be good again. And look, Connor was a man in this game. He finished forward. He ran through contact and arm tackles. He hit the hole quickly and showed that burst. But this was also about the offensive line being bigger and better than the unit that they were going up against and showing it. And when healthy, it doesn't get better, really, than that unit in this league. And they haven't been healthy, and they haven't played up to expectation when they have been. They can do this every week. They have that ability. Now it's about being consistent. 412-922-2874. I'm going to go to Hunter here so I can cough. What's up, Hunter? Hey, Adam. How's it going? Good, buddy. What's on your mind? Uh, so um, I agree it was a, a, the best overall performance we've seen, probably dating back to last year. Um, but, I, you know, I, I love Vince Williams, but... Seeing LJ Fort's athleticism out there was was beautiful. I, I mean, that I think that was something that the defense was really really missing was speed up the middle. If they um, are content with playing Vince Williams as one of their starting inside linebackers, I am absolutely certain that they should still have LJ Fort playing in sub package football. He's yeah. be, he's better in coverage. He's better sideline to sideline. He, he is. And my the other thing that I know, I, I other two things I liked in the secondary. Um, Mike Hilton being back is um, is great for us. His blitzing ability, slot coverage, everything, and and Joe Hayden needs to just follow this yes. best receiver yes. because it it puts less pressure on Burns and he can just play his game and simplify things for him and let Joe Hayden be a number one corner. I think that's a great point, Hunter, and thanks for the call. It's frustrating because when they see things that work, they get away from it. They blitzed the bejesus out of the Atlanta Falcons yesterday. And whether you want to use semantics or not, they brought four a lot, but they disguised which four they were bringing. They brought five a lot and disguised which five they were bringing. Whatever. Call it what you will. They created pressure that was going to make the Falcons' offensive line and Matt Ryan have to think twice about who's supposed to be blocked and when. And they should have done it against Baltimore. Baltimore's weapons aren't anywhere near as good as Atlanta's. They should do this week in and week out. That should be their identity. I talk about simplifying it on the offense. Find one thing you're good at and sticking with it. How about you find one thing you're good at on defense and you stick with it? They're good at getting after the quarterback when they can create that exotic look. Do that. Get quarterbacks on the ground. If you give up big plays, whatever, create negative plays, it should help you win some football games. The other thing that they do well that they get away from is when Joe Hayden follows a guy, it works out. Joe Hayden followed Hopkins last year, and he shut the guy down. Yeah, he had a touchdown, but it was the greatest catch I've ever seen. He's bobbling a ball in the end zone. He pulls it in with the one hand. Whatever, that's going to happen. He didn't have a catch in the first half of that game. You know who didn't have a catch in the first half of this game? The only time it was close, Julio Jones. Why? Joe Hayden's a stud. He's not as good as he used to be. He's better than what they got. Allow him to try to take the other team's best receiver, best playmaker away. Do that consistently. Because if Artie Burns is going up against the number two, I have a lot more faith that he'll be able to do that than go up against the other team's number one based on which side of the field the other team wants to line him up on. Now, F that. You dictate. Don't let them say, oh, I want the Artie Burns matchup. You tell them, eh, we'll give you Joe Hayden. It simplifies everything. Offense, find one thing you're good at. Defense, stick with the things you're good at. Hey, it's not that hard. It'll help you win football games. 
It's one of the reasons why Cincinnati fired their offensive coordinator last year. It's third down and 12, and they're throwing the ball to Jabronis instead of A.J. Green. Give the ball to your best players. Randy Feetner's had a tough time with that this year, right? He's scheming up ways for Ryan Switzer to touch the ball while A.B. is not getting the type of production we're used to seeing out of him. Give the ball to your best players. Do one thing well. Simplify it. Let the other things branch off it. Steelers should hire me as D.C. 412 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. One of the reasons why you want to bring five guys or disguise the guys that you're bringing is because you create one-on-one matchups. It's another thing I'd like them to do consistently. Cam Hayward had one and a half sacks. I called his ass out last week, too. It's You're not getting pressure on the quarterback whenever you're rushing three and four because he's getting double teamed. This week, the Steelers get six sacks. Because guess what? He's winning one-on-one matchups. Oh, my God. Keith Butler. James Conner's listening to me. Cam Hayward's listening to me. I need you to listen to me like you did last week and do this the rest of the season. How's that? Crowley for DC. Hashtag 2012-2020. Damn it, I screwed up the joke. Coming up next, Matt Williamson from ClaytonFootball.com and the Steelers Radio Network. We'll look around the league and what can the Steelers do to sustain the greatness that they put out on the field on Sunday. It's a Crowley show. Now, here's everybody's favorite millennial. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. But the Chiefs have Michael Hunt, or Michael Hunt. The Chiefs have Hunt. We just don't use music anymore. <laughs> Tom, what, 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 what are you happened, doing? What happened there? <laughs> Sing me a song or something. Yeah, something. You can't just come back and be like, go Crowley. There we go. Oh, okay. Now we're back. Tom forgot to call Matt Williamson, so then he forgot to put the music in while he was calling Matt Williamson after playing my train wreck right. Called Kareem Hunt, Mike Hunt. Then he didn't pot, pot the music down in time, so the music was running hot there. That's okay, well, that's just radio all the way around. I mean, fade the thing out, man. This is all very bad yeah. radio all the way. Oh, bad on you, Tom. Let's fix it with some good radio. <laughs> Matt Williamson from ClaytonFootball.com joins us on the Crowley Show. Of course, member of the Steelers Radio Network team and Steelers Nation Radio. What's up, Williamson? What the heck's going on over there, man? You guys are in shambles. It's a good question, man. It's basically Steelers weeks one through four, and we are striving to be Steelers in week five. I see what you're saying. A little inconsistent. Yes. Do you believe in the Steelers now, or do you need to see them be more consistent to say, okay, this is the team we thought they'd be? Um, most promising to me, and it's very promising, was a big step in the right direction on defense against what I thought was one of the best offenses in the league. And, did Matt Ryan play his best game? No, but the Steelers putting pressure, and they've really done a good job stopping the run most of the year, and winning up front I thought was really promising. Tackling the ball, don't allow big plays, no mental gaffes, I mean, for once. I thought the defense had a real solid effort. That If they play at that level, I think this team's back to contender status. Here's what I would do if I were Keith Butler, and I'm not, so... It might not happen, but I would bring pressure a lot like he did this last game, and I would yeah. absolutely have Joe Hayden shadowing the other team's best receiver all game. I think it helps communication-wise. You've got that guy, okay, good. And then the rest of it kind of falls into place. 
I partially agree with you. You know, like, I think where you're off is when one guy shadows, it makes it a lot harder on the other ten. You know, that because... So I'm 100% wrong about that then. Okay, very good. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're dead, dead wrong on that. It's very easy for Hayden. You got the big guy. You know, everyone else has to adjust accordingly when Jones goes in motion or to the slot or whatever, which is why they've hesitated to do it before. You just keep Burns on one side, and when Burns was playing better and Hayden on the other, so that the other guys didn't have to adjust accordingly. But I still would do it going forward. I mean, especially this week upcoming, A.J. Green on the slate, perfect time to try it again. Like when they played the Browns, though, am I going to put him on Jarvis Landry in the slot? Probably not. So when there's a true number one guy, I like it a lot. All good points by Matt Williamson from ClaytonFootball.com. Am I getting that right? ClaytonFootball.com? Sure. It's badass, man. Uh, also, of course, from Steelers Nation Radio and the Steelers Radio Network. I thought that they did not bring anywhere near enough pressure against Baltimore, and they changed that up this week. I kind of found that odd, though, uh, Matt, because I think they were afraid of getting big played by Baltimore, and they did early in the game, and then they were like, okay, let's go death by a thousand cuts. Let's see if they'll make a mistake. But I think the way to go is to blitz. I think the way to go is to bring some exotic looks, and uh, to try to create some one-on-one matchups. If Cam Hayward's going to get one-on-one matchups, he's going to win them. We saw T.J. Watt yesterday. He won some matchups. So uh, that's the way I'm going about it moving forward. I think that's got to be their identity. Yeah, I agree with you, too. And yeah. it will re- it'll result in more big plays, probably, but there'll be guys getting beat one-on-one. Or, you know, they, they beat the blitz with a slant, a hot route or whatever, and they get somebody in space. And, you know, you live by the blitz, you die by the blitz. But... It, let's not forget, I mean, this team led the league in sacks yeah. last year without a great pass rusher. You know, like Cam's a good player, don't get me wrong, but he's not Von Miller. You know, I mean, he's not a great pass rusher by NFL standards. I mean, an elite pass rusher. I do think that's what they need to do. Um, back to the Baltimore game, I don't know if you and I had this conversation, but to me, that was the worst thing they've done all year, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> I know you don't trust your corners, but you're down two scores late in the game and you're going to force these guys into long drives that eat the clock? Harbaugh's <laughs> just rolling over going, it's ridiculous. that's exactly what we want. Uh, that's unacceptable. I mean, even though it wasn't working, be even more aggressive then. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that, Matt. It was a terrible coaching job last week. Matt Williamson joining us here on the Crowley Show. I thought Terrell Edmonds played very well yesterday. Yes, I thought he played very poorly two weeks ago yeah. or a week ago and rebounded extremely well. Um Again, I think the coaching helps. You don't want him as the last layer of defense in space 30, 40 yards downfield with John Brown to cover. Use him properly, and I think he's coming along well. And, you know, like any first-round pick or even Watt last year or whomever, I think you want to get some of the the kinks, the learning curves out in September and October, and it might pay off quite a bit in December. Is Fort the guy for you now in sub-package football? If Vince is I'm intrigued. Healthy. I'm intrigued because he can run, and he's an athlete, and he has some playmaker qualities. But I think, you know, it, it, it bothers me to no end that when Shazier went down last year and Matikiewicz went down, he couldn't get on the field. Like, that's about as big a red flag as mm-hmm. I can draw up, you know. And my hunch is it's a mental thing. I don't know why else he couldn't. But he's been with the team, what, three or four years now. He looked good yesterday. They need speed and playmaker at that position. 
So I'm open to it, but I wish I knew how I, he couldn't beat out the dudes they were picking up off the street. Matt, now turning our attention to, well, actually one more thing. Uh, ben and A.B., is that more on Ben than anybody else? Because while they play oh. better, I think it's, people keep saying it's a connection problem. Yeah, I think it's a connection because Ben's not playing well enough. I, I really went out of my way on a tweet yesterday that got about a bazillion retweets and whatnot, just saying, guys, please stop calling this a not-on-the-same-page issue. It's A.B. is getting open against extremely good coverage, as well as I've ever seen him in his life, and for some reason, Seven can't get him the football, but he can other guys. I don't know what's going on. It's very bizarre to me, but it's extremely, extremely one-sided, and... To me, that's the problem you want to happen. If I told you AB can't get open anymore, I'd be like, oh no, you know. But I think Ben will come around. Their history's strong enough. They finished, you know, yesterday very much on the same page. Um, but no, to me, it's not a connectivity issue or any of that. One guy's doing his job, and the other one isn't. All right, Matt. Now turning our attention to the league, I think you saw the big difference between the upper echelon coaches and the coaches. When you saw Jason Garrett say, ah, I'm going to punt the football, and when you said, saw Sean McVay say, you know what, my players want to go for it, let's put the ball in their hands, let's go win this puppy. Yeah, I, I, I don't have much more to add than that, but you're dead on. There's no doubt about it. Um, Garrett, to me, and I rarely say this about coaches, but is not an NFL coach. I mean, I, I, it amazes me that he still his job. He is a ventriloquist puppet, and Jerry Jones has his hand up his ass. Uh, Matt? The Chiefs-Jaguars, I didn't get a chance to see really any of that game. How did that offense look going up against that great defense? Yeah, and I needed to watch more, of course. I mean, it's going on as the Seahawks game was on. But Mahomes had his struggles. You know, I mean, it wasn't easy sailing by any stretch of the imagination. The KCO line, from what I saw, held up better than I thought it would against a really good pass rush. You know, Tyreek Hill and Ramsey kind of battled it to a draw. And... The KCD, and I've been telling you, is about the worst one in the league. But they have a couple playmakers in the defensive front. You know, Houston, Ford, Jones, and those guys made plays. And and it comes back to the same thing with the Jags. I mean, Bortles Bortles it all up. Which team do you think has a better future? Which team do you think winds up being the better football team? Of those two? Yes. I know that one's got a two-game advantage right now, but... Bringing playoffs and such into the equation. Yeah, right. I mean, and let's not forget last year. I mean, the Jags got better as the season went on. When the weather gets bad, it favors the defense. You know, playoff time, Fournette will be back. And, you know, we saw Kansas City start extremely fast last year. And not that people figured them out, but they came back to earth. I I still think Kansas City, just because I can't trust Bortles, but it's not the worst question I've ever heard either. You've asked me worse. You're a jerk. Blake Bortles threw the ball 60, <laughs> 61 times yesterday for Blake Bortles. I would I would say that's not the right. recipe for success there. Yeah, good good good, good move. That, that should work out really well for you. All right, here's here. This is gonna be a great question. The Bengals are they for real? Yeah, you know what? I, I've been a, I picked them to go to the wild card game since before the season. So this doesn't shock me. I've been asking people, and this might be a good, good little conversation for your little show. Is big show. If you were to, if you were to do an AFC North power ranks right now, and I don't care about their record, how good are the football teams? It's not easy, you know. I mean, I think the Bengals are one, but 
the Steelers might, might walk on the floor with them. I mean, and the Steelers just lost to the Ravens in decisive fashion. Who lost to the Browns, who were pretty good. You know, like, it's a good division, and I hadn't really realized this until I was on the air today. Like, the Bengals' numbers aren't very good. Like, they're middle of the road defensively, middle of the road offensively, but I think they're better than that. They're talented. Yeah, you and I talked about that before the season. You think the Bengals are good, and now they're mm-hmm. showing them. I mean, they're four and one, and they beat up on the fraud Dolphins. But when looking at their four and one, the way that it's kind of shaped up has been very unbengal to me. I mean, they could have very yeah. easily lost the first game against the Colts. They very easily could have lost their last game uh, against Miami. They very easily could have lost against Atlanta, but they found a way to pull those games out. I think that that I think that means a lot. I do. I, I agree with you there. And I've talked to some Bengals people who feel the same way that there is a little bit more confidence. There's, um, you know, some more camaraderie. I mean, they're more of a team now than they've been. So I think that's important. But I also don't think that, you know, they're four and one. They don't look like a 13 and three team to me or a 12 and four right. team to me either. You know, I mean, they get two defensive scores to pull that game out against Miami after not looking very good for the majority of the game, you know, but finding a way to win is important. But when you look at the Browns, they're not far from 4-1. and one. <laughs> No, they're you look not. At the, you look at the Steelers, you know what I mean? Like, so there's a real thin win-loss room for error with a lot of these games so far this year. All right, let me ask another intelligent question. Why is Eagles bad? Injuries... I don't believe so much in a Super Bowl hangover, but they're really showing that it's hard to be great year after year. Like last year, Carson Wentz was unbelievably good on third downs. Mm-hmm. You know, like averaged like nine yards of play on third down or something crazy like that. Well, like that can't keep up. You know, and he's starting to round back into form. <sighs> Played some tough games. I mean, I'm kind of making excuses for them. But they're not playing great. I still think they'll win the division. But that's a bad division, too, all of a sudden. That is. And really, the way you look at it right now, man, I mean, there aren't a lot of teams that have separated themselves, are there? I mean, if you had to tier the mm-hmm. teams, I mean, who are the truly great teams in the NFL right now? I mean, the Rams and the Chiefs, is that it? And even I think there's separation between those two. I think the, the Rams are better clearly on the defensive side, so I'd, I'd take that yeah. team. Yeah, I agree. I mean... Yeah. Um, we actually just broke it down in the AFC. You know, who's good in the AFC? Who do you pick to go to the playoffs in the AFC? And I'm like, you know, New England is going to win their division. You know, are San Diego good? I mean, I know the Broncos and the Raiders are not. I know the Texans and the Colts are not. I thought the Titans might be, but they just lost to the freaking Bills. Um, Jacksonville, I didn't think, would embarrass themselves. And I think the AFC North is really good. So I think there's, you know, who's the second-best team in the AFC? I said New England because they're New England, but they haven't played like the second-best team in the AFC. You know, like, there's still a lot to shake out. There is, and, I mean, it's all jumbled up. And really a player there, a play here, play there. I mean, any of those teams that are 3-2 and two could be 4-1, and one, but they're not. And it's just a lot of missed kicks this year that have caused games and things like that. When the Browns' kick went up, do you think you made it? Oh. No, because I was sitting there with my son. I'm like, this dude's going to miss this kick. And I think I was still right. <laughs> he accidentally made it. Right. Like, it, it, it was not a good kick. 
and, and then and then you have Graham Gano, who you've got all these athletic plays being made all over the field with the Panthers Giants game and Saquon Barkley's jumping fifteen feet in the air and getting hurt. And then you got Graham Gano, he's like, ah, that doesn't count because I'll hit a sixty-three yard flipping field goal. Yeah, and then the flip side is Mason Crosby misses like five kicks. <laughs> you know, he's been a good kicker for what eight, ten years, something like that. Here comes Crazy. an here comes an odd question because I, I don't I don't know. I mean, you can't speak. I I don't know. I'll ask you. Is it because the extra point got moved back? Does it does it is fr- freak everyone out? Like what the hell's going on there? Well, I absolutely think. I mean, clearly, it doesn't take much to figure out that extra points are now not a gimme. You know, but. I used to think that kicking was at an all-time high. You know, there's always yeah. great kickers compared to when we were kids and all that. And not lately. It's bad. People are like, you should cut Boswell. Who's going to pick up? The guy that the Chargers have? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and The guy the Browns have? Hey, even Justin Tucker missed a kick yesterday. Right, What the hell's right. going on? Uh, appreciate the time, Matt. Uh, thank all you right. for insulting me in my little show, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, I'll do it again soon. Yeah, of course. Goodbye. That's Matt Williamson. He's got a big-time thing now with the JohnClaytonFootball.com. I think it's just ClaytonFootball.com. John Clayton uh, is not dead. He is still alive, just in case people thought that he was dead because he looks kind of dead. But he's writing good things with Matt Williamson for that website. Correct me if I'm wrong, but now Matt refers to the show here as a little show? I corrected him very quickly. You though. did, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess now we're a little show. I mean, that Clayton football money changes a man. It does quickly, just like quickly. that, Tom. Yeah. The emperor strikes back. He's got Clayton money. And Clayton is the emperor. You, Williamson, will be my greatest trainee. I will release you onto the world. Is this one of those things where Williamson has to kill Clayton for it to finally be the legit transition of power? Yeah, but Williamson hasn't learned that yet, so he really shouldn't talk about it. Oh. He will become on that information on his own journey, and he'll eventually will have to. Yes, young Williamson, you will go out and purvey football knowledge to the masses. <laughs> <laughs> Hottest take of the day. Other crap three stars of the show coming up next. It's Crowley show. The Steelers stunk, and now they don't. Am I doing this right? Are they back? Tom, you're usually the person who determines whether or not something is back. So let me ask. <laughs> let me ask. <laughs> He's the purveyor of all that is back. I was looking for purveyor. That's a really good... Tom is the purveyor of all things back. So I'm going to ask you a few (laughs) questions here, okay? A series of questions. Are you ready? Oh, sure. Is Pitt back? Pitt is back. The answer to that question is always yes. They could have lost 72 to nothing, and Pitt would have been back Well, no, they were dead in the water when they were down 14 to nothing, but as soon as it was tied again, we were back. (laughs) Is Florida back? They're trending in the right direction, but no, they're not back yet. Is Blake Bortles being back to being Blake Bortles? No, Blake Bortles is the boat. Are the Steelers back? The Steelers are so freaking back, baby. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. (laughs) Dana White said all the right things about the UFC fight. But that was badass. Dana White's like, I don't know if these guys are getting visas. We had the governor running from the stadium. This ain't cool. We got big problems here. Don't wear the belt. People are going to be throwing things. And you know what? He's saying the right things. 
but the best thing that possibly could have happened to the sport just happened. Just like Conor McGregor throwing chairs at a bus was good for the sport, this is good for the sport too. It's WWE, spoiler alert, and to kids who are listening right now, don't be for a second here. It's like WWE, but real. What do you mean? WWE scripted. (laughs) Good one. one. Not real. He's serious. It's fake. Good one. And UFC is real, and it's spectacular. I I would never have talked about the Conor McGregor-Khabib fight unless it was absolutely necessary to do so. It is now absolutely necessary to do so. It is Steeler season. The Penguins have started back up, and they have found a way the UFC has to shoehorn its way into the show. Tom, the purveyor of all things back, (laughs) is the UFC back? Can you be back if you were never there, though? Oh, come on. The UFC is back! Yeah! Is Khabib back? He's back! Yeah, I'd say it's a bach. He's bach. That was the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. David Freeze had a two-run single for LA. Wonder if Freeze gets along with Matty Ice. Woo! Other crap. Wonder if they ever hang out at Lambeau Field. Woo! Other crap. The Browns haven't won on a weekend in one day. Woo! Other crap. It's been 545 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach, Mike Sullivan. Mike Sullivan was uncharacteristically pissed about the penalty calls in this game. Wait a minute, did I hear that right? I, he said say, Sullivan. He said Sullivan, right? That sounded doctored. That's not authentic. Play it again, Tom. Mike Sullivan was uncharacteristically pissed about the penalty calls in this game. <laughs> it flows. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean it flows? Listen. Mike Sullivan was uncharacteristically pissed about the penalty calls in this game. I was right. You said Mike Sullivan. Uh, This is bull. I'm being framed. What? Are you suggesting that Tom took his voice and put it in there to prove his his, uh, accusation that you said Mike Sullivan when you were supposed to be saying Mike Tomlin? Is that what you're accusing Tom of? It's an outrageous accusation. Because you can't just throw accusations around without proof, my friend. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, Aeronautical. Did you, te- you tell me there is no such thing as an aeronautical engineer? I would bet you a million dollars that there's not because, you know, Aero... That's why you went to, that's why you went to West Virginia and school. I went to Cal U. Yeah. Aero would imply the air of some sort, yes, and nautical would imply <clears throat> in the water. Aeronautical engineer is 1,000% a thing. No! I'm looking it up right now. It's relating to the science or practice of building or flying aircrafts. Oh, you know what? Uh, Wait, Tom did you say aerospace or aeronautical? Right aeronautical. You know no! <laughs> listen, listen, listen to me already. Tom, when you put that thing together at the end of the show, the top three things, make sure you put this number one as Adam screwing up. <laughs> it didn't make number one. They didn't though. make the kind of number <laughs> one. was wrong. <laughs> but here it is. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, our well-oiled machine. <laughs> That's Mike Tomlin the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's usually loath <coughs> to not turn his microphone off. I mean, what's happening over there, Brian? Sorry. 
We're a well-oiled machine. We're a professional. We're a well-oiled machine. Not only is Tom is Tom crying, laughing over there. I think there. so. I really did look down and thought my mic was off. You not only did you cough, you look you looked right, you coughed right into the microphone. Sorry, I thought I was off. I really did. <coughs> <coughs> We're going viral. <coughs> Turn your mic off when you call. I'm sorry. Huh? I mean, that is <laughs> sorry, unprofessional. Yeah, unprofessional as hell. That's ridiculous. Yeah, pull yourself together, man. <laughs> that was a hell of a show. It's a good yeah, show, man. That was weird. I did not know that an auto cool space engineer was not a thing. Can't pronounce it now. Either. I am. I am kind of shocked by all of that. That I work with two guys. One had to look it up to make sure it's a real thing, and one had, didn't think for a second it was even a real thing. Like it's kind of scary when you look up and you realize I just those are the guys you work with. Defend myself. I only looked it up because I follow Crowley with blind faith. Mm-hmm. But I did know it was a thing. Friendship and well, a good producer would uh, not do that. Yeah, I like my friends not to be <laughs> yes men. And Brian, in fact, is absolutely not a yes man. He knows. What to do? I'm a good friend. Better friend than Tom. Tom's mad because he stepped on who let the dogs out. Well, I had to had to let him know. He's actually not mad about the who let the dogs out. He's mad because I'm a better friend. Yes, man. Well-oiled machine, this thing. We're humming along. The Crowley <laughs> show's never been better like the 2018 Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Weeks one through four, we're not pulling it together. Week number five, we got this thing on lock. Woo! Coming up tomorrow. I've planned nothing. Tom, did you book any guests? I think I got a couple. Uh, Bob Costas, OJ Simpson, and Antonio Brown.